Say that the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Hello. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Greetings. Sometimes I feel that people can guess which one we record when we do <laughs> batches of two at a time. So joining us all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Hello, folks. What's up? Uh, let me just. Because I know we have a lot we want to get to. I'm going to throw this in it's there. It's almost certainly not true. A fashion update. Infinity scarves are out. They're out. Out. Okay. Understand. You've been talking to Furstenberg again? Let me tell you what. A lot of people tune into this podcast looking for fashion tips. They do. You know what? <laughs> We're right on it. Because okay. if you okay. want fashion tips, audio medium. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Now, a lot of people say, hey, I have a really cool infinity scarf. Right. This is bumming me out. You know what? Don't shoot the messenger. Right. Well, they're okay. going to shoot the messenger, and there are going to be a lot of college-age girls very upset with this podcast at this point. Hey, you know what? The truth is the truth. Sure. You know what I mean? I think there are certain uh, me- uh, lady members of the Mission USA staff are going to be coming at you, Knives Sharpen, for talking about, about the you Infinity Scarves. I'm prepared to take the heat. What's your source on the demise of the Infinity Scarves? Well, my, you know, what it is is... I got my finger on the pulse, right, and then that's what's coming back. Did you see but, someone wearing an infinity scarf and you didn't like it? Well, no. no Did you just, just now uh, find out they're called infinity scarves and not care for that? <laughs> let, me, let me just tell you, uh, one of the things about being a, 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 a fashion pundit, yeah, is you you don't have to reveal your sources. I see. You just tell people how it is, and then that's how it is. I I'm going to take one more guess, even that being the case. Is Infinity Scarf the third fashion term you'd ever learned after Smokey Eye and Kitten Heel? <laughs> and you just wanted to share that with us? And fi- look, uh, this what you're hearing right now is the pro-Infinity Scarf lobby. Yes. Big Infinity Scarf, once again. <laughs> yeah. Big Knit. <laughs> is trying to shut down the truth. But that's just, hey, if you don't like it, don't shoot the messenger. Yeah. Yeah, but are you ending this on the same terms that you ended the uh, like the the you know the little secret club cards like like when you guys went yep. to the movies and yep. the lady said you know do you have your movie club card and you said that's over now yeah yeah anytime that and poor I, I, woman I've, I'm I'm doing that now wherever I go where they say do you, do you are you part of our loyalty loyalty rewards club is it oh no you missed a meeting we canceled that yeah. <laughs> Because we all hated it. Yeah. And a little bit, Wanda, we hate you when you keep suggesting <laughs> it. So don't ever say that again. And then We're if not you've doing it. been to a checkout register, uh, as Jed and I have, a movie ticket thing where the lady says, are, are you a Cinemark? And Glenn Decision says, that's over now. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> and Wanda has a look on her face like, I make $9 an hour. Right. Just say no. <laughs> Just Tell me you don't, and then they, you know I don't yeah. want to ask you this. Right, that's they're gonna right. fire me if I don't ask you. She's this. absolutely right. But still, but also gotta take the heat. I you're willing exactly to take the Infinity Scarf heat. Thank Wanda's you. Gotta take. Thank you. Now we can all. Now we're all as one. You are a fashion pioneer, my friend. That's you know what, and sometimes that's just what comes with the territory. 
Well, for all of our nerds listening, all this talk about infinity, I got a lot of calculus jokes in my head I'm not making. That's good. Nice. Lopey Tal's rule. Lopey Tal's rule. I just got to get it out there. There, it's been said. Nerds, you're welcome. Carry on. If you enjoyed or even understood any part of that joke, at Jed Brewer on Twitter, let him know. Or better yet, even if you got it, don't let him know because it will only encourage him further. Well, you may notice that I, I, I wonder if one of the reasons Glenn has thrown himself even more into fashion, if that yeah. was possible, is that it's been a tough couple of weeks for Uncle Glenn's hobbies. It has. So we all know Glenn's chief hobby is bacon. Yes. And wow. uh, bacon's had a tough run of it lately. Mm, yes. The uh, World Health Organization had put out a, a report listing bacon amongst some other meat products as a new level of unhealthiness that yes. they were uh, giving them. And uh, I, I like when the audience, much like we talked last week when, you know, Nicole had a very specific image of Jed in her head for bird care. Yeah. That, if you missed it, it was Jed trying to sustain a bird only on Doritos and Mountain Dew. Sure. Right. I thought about it. Sure. Maybe if it was a bigger bird. You never know. Diet Mountain Dew. Right. I mean, I might not be jacked Doritos to a tiny bird. That yeah, would be a not, bit not much. a monster. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but so I, I enjoy uh, one of the things I enjoy is when when people, um, when super fans hear a thing or look, look at something and just w- say that is so on brand that we're tied to that. Yeah, Jed's brand is very much Mountain Dew and Doritos. It's true. Now Glenn's is pretty bacon centric. So in our friend Dorian from down there in Georgia read on the NPR website the thing about bacon. Bacon. His first thought was not I should deal with my own, make sure what's going on in my own uh, fridge. I should share this on Facebook. He thought I got to email Glenn. Okay. <laughs> the subject line this email that comes in the same like inbox. So sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> now it was sent at a time of day that is not technically early in any way but it's pretty close to when i wake up we got a 12 15 cent thing so depending okay. on the day of the week that may be when i'm waking up and that may mean i went to bed at seven yeah and i'm getting up at noon yeah don't judge me internet yeah you don't right. know where i've been you don't know the things i've seen yeah but just <laughs> pro tip say that listeners who want to email in it's a very funny joke but there was a, a rough morning there for just a split second <laughs> when I kind of forgot what email account I was opening and just saw So Sorry for Your Loss. I woke up quick. Yeah. Right. However, this is Narayan comes So Sorry for Your Loss. Dear Say That Superheroes. Thank you. I like that. Correct. Yeah, but mostly good. Jed and Glenn. No. Yeah. Wow. wow. You, got the, you got the order wrong, but that's right. Well, that has to do with the content of the message coming up. Yeah, it's not a compliment. Yeah. I'm sure you've all seen this already. But I wanted to extend my condolences on your recent loss of bacon. Yeah. <laughs> then, showing that he really does get us, in particular you two, link to the story. Though this likely won't stop any of you from eating bacon. Hello. It may occasionally <laughs> cause you to think twice. Hi. And for that, I am truly sorry. Stay hey. strong, Dorian. Hey, let me tell you, I'm just going to put this right out there. Can nobody make me think? <laughs> well that's I, it'll, okay. it, it might make you think twice I'm so sorry for that it's not gonna make me think once and I'm gonna tell you what else we got us a war on bacon
Do you wow. think that you might have something to declare on that basis? I declare an emergency! Oh, it's a bacon emergency. <laughs> that was a good declare, by the yeah, way. I know, was, right? Wow. You committed to the bit. Right. I was, I'm emotional. I felt it. He right? becomes I felt passionate. It. When Lynn bacon is really is leaning into yes, the does. Argentina just scored a World Cup goal. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying goal. to say is, okay, first of all, Here's what happened. I'm going to give you the theology. Okay. And this is for free. This isn't really a theological issue, but go ahead. Old Testament, no bacon. Right. Outlawed. Right. It's like they're under a it's curse. It's forbidden bacon, which may be the best kind of bacon. Okay, sweet, sweet bacon. I think that's where this is all going to land, by the way. <laughs> now, what happened is they were, they were, because they were wandering in the desert. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're, they're making for those idols. Of you who can't see, which hopefully is all of you. <laughs> Glenn is sawing the air in a swimming motion while saying wandering through the desert. They're wandering through the desert. They're making false idols. Pharaoh's army chasing. We got I think, things. I think you may have the timeline a little bit. Slightly out of this. sequence, but they're they're these being, things happen. Okay, he he watched the Ten Commandments, but it was set on skip with the DVD chapter, uh, right. so he didn't catch it all at once. It's okay. emotionally chronological. Okay. Uh. Germans bomb Pearl Harbor. He's on a Forget roll. It, let him rolling. Go yeah. Okay. But what happens is... Oh, uh, Animal House was made in the, the 70s, and nobody's going to get that joke. <laughs> they're going to be... Uh, they're, they're cursed. Yes. No bacon for you. Yeah, no bacon for okay, you. Okay, now here's what year. happened. Jesus. Yes. He comes, establishes a new covenant. Yes. That's the appropriate noise. Light, now... Light shone from heaven. And he said, you know what? Now you get to bacon. Yeah. That's what we call freedom in Christ. Yes. Okay. That's the theology. Sure, some people read the line of let no one declare unclean what I declare clean. Glenn boils it down to now you get bacon. Yeah. Right. Now. So what's happening now? People trying to put the curse back on us. Yeah. War on bacon. Yeah. Trying to take away our bacon freedoms. Yeah. We ain't going out like that. Exactly right. Now, I have a question for Glenn, which is, do, is it possible, do, do we know for a fact that the people in the World Health Organization that have, that have declared this, this, you know, bacon, uh, you know, health crisis, These Jack do we Buna know thugs. for a fact, do we know for a fact that the World Health Organization, that they're not being controlled by the Canadians, who we also hey, know have a war on bacon? Look, first of all, they don't understand. Canadians don't have bacon. Yep. They got ham, yep. which is lovely. They call it bacon <laughs> yep. because they wish they had bacon. It's really the only way you can make Glenn disappointed in ham is calling it bacon. Right, that's well, right. You know, we've raised a, a key question here. Did, I'm almost sure we didn't. Did the WHO <laughs> declare Canadian bacon a health problem? Hello. Now we found out what the dealio is. So you're saying, and we're getting into territory of something I'm almost certain somebody has written on Facebook, yeah. but we're going to go with it, that the World Health Organization, which is a subsidiary of the United Nations, right. has is the focus of some kind of shadowy cabal run by the Canadians. Yes. I think yep. you're saying that Canada is the secret power behind the U.S. Yes. That's clearly what's happening. And, yeah, and For a minute, when you were saying United Nations, it was blah, blah, blah. You know, somebody wants to take the way away the bacon, but then you all of a sudden you started speaking sense, right? Yeah, because yep. here's what happens: if you I'm not lo- comfortable with how how often apparently Lee thinks what I'm saying is blah 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 on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. over that. Here's what I'm saying: if you outlaw bacon, only outlaws have bacon. Yeah, 
Right? Yeah, wow. that's right. Is that a is that something? That's close. close. Yes. Okay. It's like it's like temperance. The only thing bacon. that can stop a bad guy with no bacon is a good guy with bacon. All I know is when I go to the store and they wish me happy holidays, I say that's Mary Bacon, thank you very much. And I get a very confused look on the face right. of that cashier. Yeah. Is that there going to be a situation where it's like prohibition with bacon? Yeah. Like where you like you have like a speakeasy? That is not going to be effective in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> that is a combination of prohibition and trying to ban bacon. That's just not yeah. going to go down well in Chicago. I'm just saying, you you have like a secret like you have a secret word. You say they let you through the bookcase. It's actually right. a door, and then behind there's the bacon. Well, I think that's clearly what these people want. They're jealous of our freedom. Absolutely. And they want us to, to not have bacon. Here you go. I'm going to bring it all around. You know who profited massively from prohibition? Tell me. Canada. That's You're right. Al Capone ran Dude, all that liquor in You're from. right. That's true. It all, it all comes, comes back around. They will take away my bacon when they pry it from my cold, <laughs> greasy fingers. Well, that was always true. I think that probably it, w- the way it would happen because yeah. you'd be dead from the bacon. Right, exactly right. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah dead good. from the bacon. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me tell you what. Death by bacon, what a better way to go is there? Hey, you know absolutely. I mean? or, if, or what better band name? If, if, you're, if you're going We out, are death by bacon. <laughs> there will be no encore. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, uh, you know, the, I'm very disturbed by people who try to manipulate my health. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, or as some other people call them, doctors. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, what are you trying to pull that's right it's my health you know what we'll see yeah back that's, off uh, yeah back off jack yeah with your little white outfit you know i got my own take on it. and your decade of advanced training yeah you know that because uh, nothing says middle-aged white man more than t- hearing medical advice and going i know my body yeah yeah <laughs> take triple this dosage you don't know me <laughs> some of us have actually said those things out loud but that's uh <laughs> we had a friend up of uh, this very early this week a friend alan great dude friend of mine from uh, high school and college he was uh just just finishing medical school and he's interviewing at some places for his residency he's as of now i think at least he's leaning towards uh, anesthe- anesthesiology and he's telling this and Quinn tells him a story. A true story. A true story about being in the hospital and telling the doctor, you know, you're going to have to uh, you double down the anesthesiology does because, come on, doctor yeah. not believing him. It ended up being true. <laughs> it's a great story. I told him I'm Irish. I don't go down easy. You got you to gotta crank it up, dude. And the look of abject horror <laughs> on the face of a man who is studying to do this for a living of, oh, I didn't think it'd be like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. Negotiating I, I, with crazy men about how much dosage. And this is this is what these doctors think. They know everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But once you start talking about bacon, it's you know what? Slow up there. Exactly right. That's an issue of faith. Exactly That's right. Exactly right. I. It, it's 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 in the Bible. Who are you to yeah. judge my sweet, tangy, salt cured beliefs? That's right. Because it, look, here's the way Glenn sees it, which is, and it's the true way to see it. If Jesus gives him the bacon, he gets the bacon. Okay, and that, and I think on that exact note, we can declare a. Take your hands off my bacon emergency. Off. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, clearly, the way this is all pointing is Glenn leading a bacon uprising against the shadowy Canadian government that runs the World Health Organization via the UN. It's almost an inevitability at this point. Well, it's not going to be easy after you tell them my plan. (laughs) As I understand it, they don't don't get this in Canada, so it'll be fine. Um, So the thing about that is we're going to need stockpiles of bacon. We're going to need plans. We're going to need logistics. Mm -hmm. We're going to need weapons. We're going to need to make all these things from bacon. Right. So we got to start saving now. And I know $8 a month doesn't sound like much, but that'll buy you a pack of bacon at the store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're going to need all those we can get. So if Absolutely. you give to Bridgebox, eventually the bacon resistance we need will be funded from Bridgebox. Money. Yes. Right. Now that's later on down the line. Hopefully the Canadians take things a little slow. So for right now, we'll keep hiring part-time employees from the neighborhood to help us out our bridge service. We'll keep going behind bars and preaching to the prisoners. We'll keep dealing with helping uh, addicts. And gang members on the street will keep trading a bridge service and lots of other good stuff that you can support for only eight dollars a month. MissionUSA.com slash bridgebox. And not only that, not only do you support all that great ministry, but you get a lot of cool stuff, songs, sermons, Bible studies, etc. for yourself in your right in your inbox on the first of every month. All right, so we're going to move on to our first question here. If you have a question for us, hang out with us all the way to the end. I'll give you some ways to get in touch with this. First one comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox and it says is there certain humor that Christians should not endorse? When it comes to my acquaintances making crude jokes about Jesus or God or baptism or Christians and their hypocrisies, I'm trying to be not prudish, but I don't want to try too hard to be a hip Christian that I'm not upholding what is sacred. I can see arguments from both sides of that. I'm, we may be seen as being too uptight or no fun, but I also don't want to be seen as trying to conform to the world. Jed, why don't you start us off on this one? Well, thanks for your question. Um, Here's the interesting thing about what you're describing is that your whole question is based on the idea that there's an audience watching you. Mm. Um, But I don't know that you're clear on who that audience is. And I think that may be part of the problem that you're you're running into. I mean, a, a lot of us live our lives with the idea that there's an invisible audience watching us um, and it creates a set of expectations, but we need to be clear who those people are. If you mean, you know, what would my mom and her church friends think? Well, that's going to imply one set of things. If you mean, what would the scarf wearing hipsters that read pitchfork magazine think? That's going to be something very different, but not infinity scarf wearing. Cause that's over. That's over now, yeah, that except it's over. so over that the pitchfork readers wear them. Ironically, they're only now getting to wearing exactly them. right. Okay. Here's the thing on this is, um, missionaries, uh, and I, you're going to get an, an answer here from the perspective of a missionary because that's what I do. Missionaries know there's an audience watching them. Mm-hmm. They make sure they understand that audience and they yeah. make their decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. So let me let me put it that way. Uh, put it this way: there are whole groups of people. I don't care what they think of me at all. It could right. not po- whether they think I'm too hip or too restrained or it makes no difference to me. The people on my mission field. I care very deeply what mm-hmm. they think of me and the way that I conduct myself, which includes my humor. So, for example, um, your mom jokes would not be well-received on my mission field. Right. Like, at all, at all. Now, I have a very, very close friend who enjoys, when it's just the two of us, a constant stream of your mom jokes. And that's mm-hmm. fine. It's just, it can't ever be around the people on my mission field. Right. 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 Uh, but there are other things that people in, you know, kind of uptight white churches would have a problem with. The people on my mission field wouldn't at all. And it would actually help them relax and unwind and, you know, and feel cool and chill and it would actually mm-hmm. help get some ministry done. So I think the thing for you is to ask, who is your audience and why do you care? 
Who are the people that you suppose are watching you, and why does their opinion matter to you? For me as a missionary, it's my mission field. Those are the people that are watching me, and I care because I'm trying to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ to them. and I want them to respect me and respect my opinion. The other thing you need to know about this, the flip side is, the world's a big place, and particularly in the age of the internet, there will always be a group of people that think you're too far in one direction and another group of people that think you're too far in the other direction. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, beware when all men speak well of you. In the age of the internet, that's not possible. You are never, ever going to have all people speak well of you. That's not going to happen. So again, the thing I'd encourage you to be intentional about is who is my audience? Who is it that I think is watching me? And why, strategically, why do I care what they think? I think it's absolutely uh, a great place to start off on this. The audience thing is very much a point. I'm sure a verse that'll come up uh, for us here is uh, something in a, a verse of Ephesians that talks about be use your words to build up the people who are watching. Yeah, it's an interesting point yeah. that I mean it, it says some other things you clearly try to be nice person, but it's qu- very clear that it's a benefit to everyone who is listening in. Yeah, and what maybe you can talk about is that humor very much has a place in. The kingdom it can be used for that, and definitely sure. something we use on the show. We use in our ministry. If humor has a place, and you can take, as Jed's saying, you can take that too far one way or the other. What are those mm-hmm. kind of too far? Well, and I love the, exactly what Jed is saying, and I think you ought to recognize I'm building on the sure. points that he's he's making there. Um, uh, and one of the things about our mission field is that um, uh, uh, we work with, uh, for example, uh, Puerto Rican uh, gangbangers on the north side. And uh, they have a saying in Spanish that I that I won't uh, try and mangle for you here. But the translation is is roughly uh, uh, that there's a certain amount of truth in everything that you say in jest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the idea is for them, they care about things, but when they're saying something in jest, they mean it to be taken semi seriously. Sure, that's actually good advice uh, from the standpoint of. Uh, uh, don't 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 say it if it can be taken in a way that you don't, don't mean, mean it. Uh, so I, I if I jokingly comment about the length of this Lutheran meeting, I mean this Lutheran meeting is too long. I'm saying something funny about it to lighten the blow of me saying, "Holy cow, I'm about to lose my mind." Yeah. You know, so that's you know. So I can I, I'm prepared for it to be taken seriously. If yeah. you dig what I'm saying, I think that's important. I think humor can take. Uh, I, I think this is important for us to recognize. Humor can really take the edge off of things sometimes yeah. in a way that's really good and really welcoming. And I don't think Christians all. I think sometimes they don't understand that. They, yeah. They uh, sometimes a little bit of being able to laugh off our own silliness and. And, and and being able to laugh at ourselves and not taking ourselves too seriously is very, very important. Um, so I, I, I don't want us to get away from that. But I think the, the real danger is, uh, and, and I think Matt nailed this down in his blog post on this question, and I want you to go and get, get to uh, the bridgechicago.tumblr.com, excuse me, and uh, go and check out what he had to say on there. Because um, one of the things he was do, uh, saying on there was pointing to snark, which you know, uh, the, the the guys on this podcast can get the snark going uh, it, to 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 heavy. Uh, to it's heavy a gift extent. and a curse. Um, but I think snarkiness gets us from it feels like it's this way to sounding more and more like I know it's this way. 
I'm saying things that sound more and more certain. So that's, you know, uh, 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 you know, these Baptists are always doing this. It seems like, it feels like they're always doing this and this and this. And over time, that, that a snarky attitude will drive that towards, here they go again, always doing this. And mm-hmm. I know why they're doing this. It's because of that and this other thing. And we all, we're always talking about it. So now it's just kind of building towards a consensus and whatever, whatever. Um, but the, the thing is, what we're really doing is just taking a negative attitude and we're taking an environment where we know that that negative attitude is going to be right about 90% of the time. And we're not asking God to speak to that situation. Mm. We're just saying it's a safe bet that I can be cynical about this, and I'm going to be right so often that it's not worth thinking about or, or, or considering the other side to that. The, 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 the problem with that is, as Joe's pointing out, on our mission field, if you get it really, really wrong just <laughs> once, you might that's game over dude. that's yeah so you, we can't afford to be wrong even that much we have to be that precise so i'm taking everything everything to the lord bouncing that off the lord and saying it looks like this to me lord but am i wrong i have to do that more and more but here's the last thing i'm gonna say on this and i think this is really important I need to make it clear when I have done that and when I have not done that. I try mm-hmm. to do that, try to be conscientious about that. But recently I had to uh, issue sort of an apology to my staff that I'm not doing a good job of making that clear. You know, Paul said, um, you know, there's parts in Scripture, if you read carefully, where Paul is saying, here's what I want to say based on I've prayed it through and God has shown me this. And, and then he'll shift a gear and say, this is another thing I think you need to look at, but that's kind of just for me. And it's interesting that that's there and that that's in Scripture, that he's showing the uh, differentiation between, uh, here's something that's almost certainly real good advice, but this is from me, but this other stuff is not. Check it out. That's from the Lord, and, 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 and uh, receive it as such. I think my tendency as a leader is if I've prayed something through and I've gotten that from the Lord, my... Uh, thing I, I'm not going to go to the staff and say, I got this from Almighty God, and now you are hearing it and must obey. And now we're getting into cult territory. So I have a tendency when I've heard something the Lord to say, here's what I'm thinking, you guys pray it through. Um, so I'm sort of underselling something that is certain. Mm-hmm. But by contrast, I can get into a habit where I'm talking about things where, again, I know I'm there's a 95% chance that I'm right. I haven't prayed it through, but I'm not making that clear. And I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. And I, I haven't gone to the Lord on that. But I'm not making that clear. And if I don't do that, it sounds like I'm uh, Mr. Smarty Pants all the time. So I think um, uh, this is an area where uh, uh, we have to be careful about what we've really gotten from the Lord and, and, and what is just the product of a cynical viewpoint about things or, or prejudicial or negative viewpoint about things based on our past and stuff. I that's absolutely right. And Lee, I'd love to get you to pick up on a couple of those things there. I like this idea of uh, focusing on this in an individual way because both of the, the yeah. humor you put out and the way you react to humor is a very individual thing, and that's okay. What we're not going to land on here is a list of here are topics and words that are okay and here are topics and words that aren't. What you get is there is things that cause offense and things that don't, and those things vary from situation to situation. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, to, to kind of line this out, I'll give you a little bit of background on my story. I grew up in a church, and I grew up in a church where they had rules about everything. And before I really knew the Lord, I mean, I, I always believed that, that I always believed in God. I always believed that Jesus died on the cross to pay for sins and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, probably a real actual relationship with the Lord, probably till I was 18 or 19 years old, probably closer to 19 years old. And before that time, it was all just parrot talk. It was just, mm. what music am I allowed to listen to? Who are we supposed to vote for? What are, what, is, what are the ways that we're supposed to talk? And it set up in my life this system of, uh, of really being able to put on a show for these people, put on a show for these other people. And I didn't have any kind of identity. I didn't have a real humor that was my humor. I didn't have a real personality you know, to be a, a good hang with really anybody because I didn't know who I was. And the the problem with this was, is that in the middle of this, I had to, at a certain point, realize I don't have any functional relationship with Jesus in any way. Mm. We don't speak about my life. We don't speak about what he wants. We don't have any, I listen to this music because I'm supposed to. That's what I think. I I like this political whatever viewpoint because this is what we do as Christians or whatever. The problem with that is <clears throat> is that a lot a lot a lot of the people that um that that are coming into this Jesus thing are and and coming into kind of college age, late high school, and and you know getting out of college and starting work and stuff like that. They're coming to the realization: I don't know how to hear anything from the Lord. Yeah. Right. And I don't have a relationship with him. The only thing that I know how to do is I know how to follow rules. If somebody in authority over me, spiritual authority, gives me a rule, I can pull that off. Mm. And what we want to work on more than anything else is what would it be like for me to cut all of that stuff out and to start over from zero with Jesus and to say to him, I hereby from this moment forth am inviting you into my life, into this car where we are now driving, and on, on this drive where we're on, and I would like for you to tell me what you want out of this day. And then just sit there and listen. Um, what, what would it be like to invite Jesus into the relationship that you have? I have a friendship with this guy, Lord, and he says some stuff, and I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know how to enter into this conversation. I don't know how to deal with this kind of humor. I don't know what to do. What's your take on it? How, would you kind of guide me in this? I, my sense is that, that for a lot of young believers, we have no concept, no concept of what it would actually be like to have an individual relationship with Jesus where we invite him and allow him to call shots, to, 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 to guide us through the Holy Spirit, through the way that we feel, and to be sensitive on what he wants from us in these situations. I can tell you one thing. Since I've really started walking with the Lord, my line has moved in unpredictable ways yeah. on tons of different subjects. Mm. Some things have been tighter than I thought they would have been. Some things have been way looser than I thought that they would have been. But the Lord and I are working that out together. I'm not saying that I've got the whole thing lined out exactly where he wants me to be on this stuff, but I feel like I am learning how to have an actual relationship with him, which the religious rules were not helping me on in any way. Amen. I love what both these guys are saying. And just to jump in real quick, I think to give an example of the kind of things both Glenn and Lee are driving towards, if you sat down with the Lord and you said, Lord, 
I feel like I say and joke about and kind of, you know, uh, uh, talk about things, a lot of uncool things in an uncool way. But but you tell me kind of what stays and what goes. And uh, it, obviously learning to, to listen to the Lord, we do that through um, uh, listening for the, Lord, the voice of the Spirit in prayer, through reading the scriptures, through wise counsel from other believers. So those three things all combine. But for some of us, what we might get back from the Lord on that is, don't worry about the rest of it. Stop being mean. That's the number one okay. thing. Mm. Stop tearing other people down. Don't right. uh, off color whatever, swearing whatever. Yeah, we'll deal with that at some point. Stop being mean. That's mm. the number one thing. Stop pe- making people feel small. And what's funny about that is it's if we don't pray about it, the likelihood of us thinking of that on our own is very, very low. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, church people go around making people feel small all the time. Mm-hmm. That's most of what they do, actually. Mm-hmm, it's a constant sense of just being mean-spirited and making people feel small. But the funny thing is, Lee is talking about a relationship with the Lord, and part of that is learning what is the Lord's heart. What does he care about? Mm-hmm. Because if he says, the place I want to start is stop being mean. Stop making people feel small. That suggests something about the character of God, but it will also give you a depth of understanding of why the next change makes sense right. and why the yes. change after that makes sense. It's yes. not arbitrary anymore. Yes. Yeah. It's it's right. it, So in other words, if you say, I'm going to take the next six weeks, I'm going to focus just on not being mean. I'm not going to make other people feel small. The Lord might bring up another thing that wouldn't have made sense before, but right. now, based on, okay, I see why I don't want to be mean, why I don't want to be able to, now this next change makes perfect sense. I get it. I understand. And I yeah. see the Lord's point in it. And, and those two changes then suggest a trajectory of a third. Exactly and right. And now you're you're almost sensing a path and a whole, yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Fantastic. I think that's all really great stuff. I want to take it back a little bit more, a little bit to the original question here, which we talked a lot about here, which is because there's just a lot more meat on it. It's a lot more uh, things you can do about, about the actual humor we put out into the world, the way and adjust humor. A lot of, the, some of this question is about the way you take in humor. Someone's mm. saying, you know, um, there's certain is there certain humor Christians should not endorse. We get a, we've actually gotten a fair amount of questions on not on humor, but on some assumptions there's about Christians endorsing or yeah or supporting or I don't I don't really get that too mm. much because as I put in the blog post I being that I'm not Johnny Carson and cannot invite you over to the couch to make you a star I don't know that my endorsement of jokes means anything yeah and then I realized that no one reading that blog post would know who Johnny Carson was so I put a thing in parentheticals and died a little inside yeah but that's really neither here nor there this idea of well somebody says it and I don't leave the room or chew them out or whatever I'm kind of I'm like complicit like if they make fun mm-hmm. of Jesus because they're not they're believers, or not believers. You know, if I'm in the room and the South Park episode with the Jesus characters on, I like I get dinged points for being in the room mm-hmm. and not turning it off and telling them, "Hey, I take things super serious." Right. Pulling a full Gandalf, thrusting yeah. my spear into the ground, saying, "You shall not pass." Absolutely, right. <laughs> yeah. So the nerd reference. Yeah, yep, that's true. <laughs> But the thing about that is that's just not the way the world works. Maybe what you're talking about here is, you know, I want to not be prudish, but I people say things that offend me. That's mm-hmm. cool. Everybody right. has things that offend them. Right. Sure. Uh, believe it or not, the four of us actually are occasionally offended by things. Sure. Yep. It's rare, and it's not mm-hmm. maybe what you'd think it would be, but it is. And I really like this point of I went for, where we draw the line between not being too prudish, but trying to uphold what is sacred. A very interesting point. I think it actually goes exactly to what Jed was saying there about not being mean. I think there are certain, we have to draw the line at what sacred is for yourself. We're talking about a, 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 an individual relationship. And I can tell you for me, and I would point people towards looking at this, if that's not the way it is, 
the number of things in this world I consider sacred is like crazy small. Yeah. Now don't 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 go near any of them. And from your list here, you know, people make crude jokes about Jesus and God. Okay, I get that. I mean, I've, I think we, again, a lot of this is kind of meta stuff about how joke construction works, but nobody wants, but there's a difference between making a joke about Jesus and making a joke about the Jesus. Some people who represent certain, th- certain things in culture and Christianity kind of assume is a thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but if you say, Hey man, I, I take Jesus pretty seriously. I don't like people joking about Jesus. Sure. Totally fine. Now, as we're talking about here, you have to have a little, um, a little room of grace for people who don't share your exact line on that. Then you get into jokes about baptism. I don't know if I consider baptism sacred it is a sacrament, but as I, I, I was telling somebody, you know, we'll, we, we talk about churches. A big part of our job is put getting guys hooked up into getting guys and guys hooked up in churches. So we'll talk about, I don't care if they dunk or sprinkle over there. Right. That's, is that making fun of baptism? Not really. No, now there are good. We've been to some. We've been around and near some baptism ceremonies where you're seriously, y'all. Let's let's throttle wrap, back. Let's roll it all back. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's 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 sacred to some people, not sacred to others. Then this is where I'm driving at this, or about Christians and their hypocrisies. There ain't nothing sacred about Christians and their hypocrisies. No. Right, right. Again, we go back to that for the benefit of people. Listen, you may have noticed if you've listened to the show much. We occasionally poke fun at the foibles of Christian culture. And- <laughs> well, it just as you're saying, we we might use the term dunk or sprinkle because we are maybe suggesting that if that's a big deal to you, yeah. you should reconsider that being a big deal yeah, to you. Yeah, we're intentionally using humor to undercut the pomposity exactly. of right. that kind of whole idea there. But it's all that to say that this I, I don't know if I agree with this idea of endorsing, but... Worry about what you're putting out there, because that'll that will um, steer a lot of this. Yeah. If you draw your line up, I don't know everything about this, that, and the other. I know that here are a few topics that I don't want pe- to joke about. I know that here's a type of tone I don't think is good, making fun of people, cutting people down. You'll that will really start you setting a course yep. on starting to navigate this whole thing. All right, we're gonna move on to our next question. Here comes an anonymous with our Tumblr box and says, "Last Monday I overdosed." I took myself to a hospital where they kept me for a week and I'm out now and so unsure of what to do next. I could use lots of prayer for restoration of hope, strength to resist, urges to escape my life, guidance on what to do going forward. I'm so lost and overwhelmed at this point. Everything feels wrong and nothing positive gets through to me. It's like the birds immediately grab up the seed from the hard soil. Thanks for listening. And what can I do to move on here? Glenn, why don't you start us off? Well, uh, Thank you so much for this question. Uh, thank you for trusting us uh, with something this serious and, and sort of all-consuming. Mm. Uh, a lot of what I'm hearing in this, actually, I mean, I, I, obviously the, the overdose is the key thing that you're focusing on, but a lot of what you're talking about here sounds like a classic depression symptom. I think, uh, in fact, for me, depression is that state where nothing positive can stick to you. It's mm-hmm. like you're, you feel like you're Teflon or something. Just positive things can be all around you, but it just doesn't click with you. It doesn't resonate with you. It doesn't stick to you. Uh, you can't sort of you know, get it connected to you. And as we pointed out before, kind of on the show, if, if first of all, this is a thing you should be looking to a uh, psychological professional for. But if you're trying to find that difference between... 
I'm sad or am I sad or am I depressed? Are you sad when sad things happen? Super normal. Right. Is that is are you in the state that Glenn's talking about where everything seems fine and I still have this? That's right. when we might start looking for something else. That's leading a little bit towards toward depression. Absolutely right. You know, it, is it, you know, is the overdose is the the drug taking or whatever the drug is or alcohol what have you is that trying to self-medicate uh, what's going on with a depressive mindset. I think that that stuff is worth looking at. Uh, as we've mentioned frequently on the podcast, uh, depression has a lot of uh, physical triggers to that. The uh, body chemistry can be off. It's worth uh, checking with a doctor. Uh, you you may have uh, uh, had some tests run on you when you were in the hospital recently. Uh, I would urge you to look at that and follow up with that and, 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 and see is there something going on there that's uh, any sort of body imbalance that may be a part of that. Uh, certainly, I think uh, will will give you a, a sense of it, at least eliminating some possibilities that that wouldn't apply. Uh, uh, if you listen to this podcast rec- regularly, you'll also recognize that we recommend twelve step programs. Uh, you can look at uh, Celebrate Recovery is probably one of the the better options of that. It's specifically Christian. In uh, in terms of looking at those twelve step groups. Feel free to kiss a lot of frogs on that until you find your prince. You may really, and I would definitely suggest this to you, that you look at a, a meeting a day yeah, uh, mm-hmm. for where you're at right now. And so that can be a different meeting and sure. likely will be a different meeting each day. Uh, and all the better to give you a sense of uh, what would be a better you know, kind of permanent place for you to be in. Uh, one of the things they're going to work on with you uh, in those meetings is thankfulness, and that's yeah. a that's a big key to dealing with depression. So that all lines up with with your struggle. So I think there's there's good hope here. Let me just land on this, and I'm going to send it around to these other brothers to really explore. If I came to you right now and I said to you, you will be restored to a good emotional health and ha- be on your own two feet and a solid relationship with the Lord. And moving forward in life in in every respect, three years from now, how would that sound to you? If that sounds horrible, because my God, three years of my life to get to that place, uh, kill me now. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's how you feel, then patience may be the key thing we need to work on here or the key thing that, that will allow us to make this thing go. So many people that we talk to, they're dealing with addiction problems, they're dealing with depression problems, they're dealing with you know even overdose-type stuff like this. They want to microwave that solution. Yeah. Let's fix yeah. this right away. Yeah. And that's what's making yeah. it worse, is uh, they can't take the time to really do it right because they're trying to kind of ram this forward i want to i want this problem solved by the end of this week you yeah. know that kind of stuff that will really make this harder and you end up relapsing more yeah uh, there's an right. urge to declare victory here yeah. and Be that's delivered a, and yeah i'm delivered that's a christian thing and here's the thing these 12 good 12-step programs will tell you it, you're prone to depression you have right. a capacity for that that does not leave you. Yeah, Temptation still applies. You're always capable of sin. So don't take it as 
I'm delivered and I'll never have this problem again. I have a victory over this problem today. Yep. But I have to get up and fight this battle tomorrow all over again. If I don't do that, the enemy will have the victory. So don't don't get in that mindset of I want to get to the point where I'm just passive. I think you're absolutely right. One thing I'd love to get you to pick up on this, Lee, is uh, not only are people looking for a kind of long-term solution, they're looking for the idea of a breakthrough, which is often an emotional idea. Mm-hmm. You say, as Glenn, I think, very rightly pointed out, there are things going on here that are far beyond the idea of I got to a very emotionally low place, so this thing happened. Well, if that was the case, which it's not, then it would the answer would be, so I must, as quickly as possible, achieve a very emotionally high place yeah, right, to give myself right. maximum gap between getting back here again. Again, that's not what's happening. Leah, loved it. I think you're the right person to talk this through because you've definitely seen people go through this entire journey, young people. And here's the thing that it's hard to uh, get through to people is this is a series of very unglamorous, yeah. unfeeling, unfeels chock full of decisions <laughs> and situations that you kind of trudge through, even though you don't really want to. But as Glenn is saying, on the other end of that is the big, the changes, the big movements. So what are the things people need in those kind of hard days to get them to the next day? Well, I I, th- I I love the way that you describe that because it is, it's not, it's not a Disney movie where, you know, you, you, you get to this place and then, and then the, the road is, is marked out before you. We have we have found the X marks the spot. We've uncovered the treasure. Now the story is over. Everybody, cue the orchestra. We we've gotten there. This is like day in and day out. You're working your steps. When we would do, um, you know, when when we would do work, um, you know, in in the county jail. I, I heard everybody there. We sometimes we take a guy from our church in who is a you know long many decades expert in running a lot of AA groups in our area. We take him in with us, and they would talk the same way that that guys would talk at the bridge that had been hanging out with Glenn and Jed and these guys for a long time. Which was they kept using these words, working their steps, and yes. it's just work. It's just mm-hmm. day in and day yep. out. Working the steps, calling your sponsor, making sure that you're keeping in touch. This is, it's, it's really, it's, it's like blue collar, ugly work. I need to, you know, I need to like for, for people, particularly for people that are struggle with depression there, you know, you need to make sure that if, if you have a, you know, if, if there is a medicine that can get you back on the playing field where you, where you are back on there, you need to get that taken care of. If there's a dietary issue, you need to get that taken care of. And then there's just this work stuff every day of get up, get, you know, get up, take a shower, get dressed down to your shoes and go do normal things. Have people yeah. in your life who can encourage you on normal. Like I, I love the word unglamorous. It doesn't look awesome. It's not the huge breakthrough that changes everything, but it's just the day in and day out. And the really cool thing about that is, is that you start to build something. And when you, and the thing that you're building is you're building this health, you're building this, you're, you're building this thing that, like you said, it's not, it's not the huge breakthrough or whatever, but we're building a, a, a routine of, of something that we can put together day in and day out. But you need, I, I think one of the, for me, one of the things that, 
that that I think is so key, and that's why I love with the twelve step programs the the sponsor thing, is you need somebody in your life who understands what it's like and who has the ability to speak into your life, somebody that you trust, somebody that won't judge down on you or anything like that, somebody that knows what your triggers are, knows what your what your issues are, whatever your problem is, somebody that can help you walk through every day with you. And so I think it is. It's an everyday. It's small. It's blue collar. It's working those steps, working that recovery, and having somebody, and having multiple people. A lot of times, if you can, who will walk through that with you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's fantastic stuff, and we really are advocates of the things like twelve step programs, finding a sponsor, and all that stuff. But uh, one of the things you will get if you when you do that stuff, sponsors and counselors and that kind of stuff, you should absolutely be seeking out. And it sounds like hospitalized, you may have found some access to. Is they're going to give you kind of exercises? As yeah. you point out, it is work. Yeah. And Jed, I think you have maybe one to add to what they might give you. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Basically, the thing about one of the things about depression is it tells you you'll always feel this way. It doesn't matter what you do. You will always feel this way. It will always be just like this. Mm-hmm. You know intellectually that's not true, right. uh, but it does tell you that. So one of the key things is to have a list of things you know you will be glad you did. That's different from things you want to do. When you're depressed, you don't want to do anything. These are things you know you will be glad that you did. So uh, Lee mentioned you get up, you take a shower, and you dress. The whole arena of self-care are all things in that category. That's uh, that's grooming, um, that's dressing, that's exercise, that's cleaning your house. Those mm-hmm. are all self-care. Those are all things where once you've done them, you will be glad that you did them. Yeah. Um, likewise, serving other people in some way, helping the less fortunate in some way, you will be glad that you did that. Yeah. Some form of creativity or expression, you will be glad that you did that in some way. Getting organized, you will be glad that, that you did it. We want to keep a list because the thing, what we don't want to do is make decisions based on how we feel. We want to have a list of these are things I will be glad I've done. Here's how long it's been since I've done them. Therefore, it is now time to do them. Mm-hmm. The one other thing we've implied it, but just to, to, to make sure it's crystal clear, you need to talk to your doctor and do exactly what your doctor tells you. Yeah. Um, uh, your doctor is your doctor for a reason. Um, that also applies to your licensed counselor. Um, you need to follow their advice. Um, you may have heard Christians talk nonsense about pills and whether or not you should take them if your doctor tells you you should take them you should take them yeah you should take as many as he tells you to take as often as he tells you to take them and you should not under any reason for under any circumstances or for any reason stop taking them because you feel like you're better your doctor should tell you when to take them when to stop taking them if you're going to get off of them he should tell you what the process of that looks like you are not a doctor you should not make decisions about whether to take pills when to take them how many to take them listen to your doctor that is the official opinion of the Say That podcast: is to listen yeah. to your physician. If we if we if we talk about uh, uh, doctors and bacon at the beginning of the show, we are we are mocking a viewpoint of yes. I know better than a doctor. So make yeah. make sure that's understood. It's worth refreshing from time to time. The things we say during the emergency segment should have no bearing on the things we say in the rest of the episode. That's right. But just to close out, we love you. We believe in you. This is not the last word in your life. Absolutely. A very dear, very close friend that went through about 10 years ago, actually an extremely similar experience to what you're describing. Uh, today, he has a great job, married to a beautiful girl, um, has a great family. Um, the stuff that we're describing is the path from where you're at to where he is. Right. Um, that's you know, right. that, That's how you get there. This is not the last word in your life. We love you. We believe in you. We're praying for you. We have your back. And don't be a stranger. Don't be this. Let this be the last note you send us. Keep in touch. We want to know how to pray and how to help. 
Absolutely. All right, we're move on to our final question here. It came in anonymously at our Tumblr inbox and it says, I'm still in love with my ex. Can't work, ra- can't work out right now for a number of factors, such as distance, but I feel stuck. I can't get them off my mind. I spend too much time wondering if they're still thinking about me. I don't know how to move on, pursue my own goals, or meet new people in a potentially romantic way. Lee, why don't you start us off? Well, um, thanks for writing in. We want to start out by saying we're sorry about your breakup. I mean, you know, look, we've all been through this breakup, you know, and, and, and it's one of those things where we can say we've all been there and everything, and yet it nothing sucks like it sucks when you're going through it. Yeah. And so it, it sucks to feel that way. It's something that I know well. But, you know, in order, this is going to sound weird, but in order to kind of talk about what's next for you, I want to talk about kind of one of one of the parts of my job, which is to lead worship in church. And one of the things about leading worship in church, particularly in, in, uh, in my church, is I am asking people to do something that they super don't feel like doing. Yeah. Um, uh, most of, what I can tell you is probably 85% of the, the men in the building, um, they super do not feel like doing the things that I'm asking them to do. When they show up early on a Sunday morning, and I'm asking them to clap their hands, to open their mouth up, and sing as loud as they possibly can these songs, and a lot of them don't feel like they're singers, a lot of them feel rhythmically challenged. In other words, they don't feel like doing something, and I am standing up front saying, this is good for you, I want you to do it. Right, and the more that you will buy into this process, and and go ahead and do the thing, the physical thing that you super don't feel like doing, I promise you, you're going to feel better. Now, the reason I, I bring up the thing about worship is, it sucks to get to to go through a breakup like this, and it makes you feel sad. And and the the thing the thing on moving forward on this because that's what we want to do. We want to move forward through this thing is that you've got to go, you've got to, what you've got to kind of uh, face is I am grieving the loss of something. That's what's Mm -hmm. happening to me right now. I'm grieving the loss of something, which means I feel a lot of sad. I feel a lot of things. I feel a lot of things about myself. I feel a lot of sad. I I feel a lot of things that aren't necessarily true about myself. My emotions are 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 they, they can lie to me. They can pull the wool over my eyes. Here's what I'm gonna need, what I'm gonna do. There are things that I need to do anyway, even though I don't feel like doing them. Yep. Right. I need to figure out how to have a normal Tuesday because even though it feels like it's I, I'm just in the doldrums. I'm stuck on sat, a rainy, rainy Saturday, and I have been for three weeks. The calendar says it's actually Tuesday, which means I have to go to work today, which means I need to get up, and I need to have a healthy breakfast, and I need to take a shower and put my shoes on and go start the car, or I need to go meet this friend for coffee, and we're going to go for a walk. There are things that you need to do even though you don't feel like doing them, and here's the deal. I promise you that if you will do them, you will feel better. You will feel a little bit better today, a little bit better tomorrow, because you're grieving the loss of something. And so what we have to do is work through that by navigating our lives, not based on the things that we feel, but on the things that we know are good for us. Amen. Amen. That's absolutely right. Jen, I'd like you to pick up on this, the idea of a lot of the questions, uh, the previous one being a very uh, good example we got on the show, are there's a lot to deal with. There's a lot of complication. There's a lot of, and this, this is certainly true emotionally in this case. When you get down to it of what's my next step, that's basically going in one of two directions based on how this person is ready to go, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
You said that you don't know how to move on. The thing I would ask you, and I'm so sorry for your breakup, the thing I would ask you to think about and be honest with yourself about is, do you want to move on? Hello. Um, if you, and, and um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong one way or the other. You're allowed to feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are in a spot where, yes, I want to move on. I'm not sure how to do that. If that's where you're at, uh, this is, it's kind of a cynical line, but it's true. It's an old adage. Nothing gets you over the last one like the next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you want to move on, if that's where you're at, get on eHarmony, mm-hmm. create a profile, go on dates with people. Yep. You you will go on a date. It will be exciting. You will have butterflies. You will be way down the road to moving on. Yeah. Uh, because nothing gets you over the last one like the next one. Yep. I know that doesn't sound romantic. It's also super duper true. Yep. Um, <laughs> if um if you don't want to move on. That's okay. It's all right, right. to be there. We, we may not want to stay there, but if we don't want to move on, here's the thing that we need to do. We need to take a close, hard look at why that is. Why mm. is it that we don't want to move on? If we are mm. fixated on this dude and we don't want to let it go, why is that? Is that, uh, was this a first love kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, was this, you know, we assumed we'd get married and we talked about it and then that didn't. Was there a betrayal thing? Mm-hmm. Was there a betrayal thing and you were the betrayer? Um, what What's the deal? And then if we have a sense of why we don't want to move on, I think then the follow-up question is, are those good and healthy reasons? Mm-hmm. Um, do those reasons make sense? Are those, in a sense, valid uh, reasons to, to not want to move on? Are there things to address here? Yeah, is there something to process out of all Exactly right. Is, is there something where we need to bring uh, closure to this? Mm. Uh, but I think that's the thing I'd really encourage you to look at. Everything Lee said is right on. I couldn't agree with it more. In addition to that, it's about asking, do I want to move on? In my heart of hearts, do I want that? And if I do, then it's time to move on. It's time to go on dates and have exciting romantic experiences. If I don't, I need to figure out why that is. Are there things to process? Are there things to work through here and get some closure on so that I can move on? I think that's totally true. And it is. it gets to the crux of this where a lot of times we talk about technique. We talk about there's, there's steps. There's something you can't see. This is one of the very, very, very incredibly, how many times can I say very, few things we'll talk about in this podcast where the X factor is going to be desire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, as Jed is pointing out, you will move on if you want to move on. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to move on, we're not judging that. Everybody's been there. You, but you want, as Jed said, you want to look at it and get to a place where you do want to move on. Yeah. And as we said before on the show, before I hand this off to Glenn, be clear, even if you start dating this exact person again, that will be moving on because that's a new relationship. Yeah, that's exactly right. The old relationship has been taken out. There was something that didn't work in the old relationship, Maybe even if it was only distance. So you've taken that out back and shot it. Yeah. If it, there may be a new relationship with these two people, but whatever happens is going to be a new relationship. But it this really is a question of wanting to do it because there's no real technique here, right, Glenn? Absolutely right. Uh, I get asked almost every day, what is the method of letting go of emotional problems Stuff. like this? If you have a bag of rocks and you ask me, how do I let go of this bag of rocks? Well, you know, if you turn loose of it, gravity will take over. You're totally right on that. We just want to be super clear. We're not talking about emotional problems in the sense of like trauma stuff. No, no. Yeah. There is something worth through with that. But if you're in a situation like this, we're just, we broke up. I got lots of feelings. What do I do with the feelings? Well, and this is the, this is the thing, as, as, as Jed said, it isn't a question of how do I let go? Because you let go and you've let go. The, the question is, do you want to? Yeah. And, and here's the thing behind that. Let's look at this from another angle. 
Think of your best friend, the person that you know the most about their emotional state. I'll bet if I handed you a pencil and a piece of paper, you could write down in detail the number of things that they are hanging on to that they need to just let go of already. For the love of all that is decent, Susie, yeah. let it go. I mean, it's 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 driving us all nuts. We all see it, you know, whatever. Every time anybody brings up such and so and so and whatever it is, oh, I mean, would you please, where are you driving us all nuts? We can see that for other people. Absolutely. Now, I don't know if we're always that great at seeing it for ourselves. Yeah. Because... For, for when it's us, it's not a dumb hangup we need to let go of. It's a deep truth the whole world needs to understand Absolutely. better, you know. <laughs> and and hey, I've been through a thing, so you know what? I think we all need to just pay attention yeah. to the amazing wisdom I had because I was mistreated. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, yeah. On one level, we do want to respect the fact you've been through something, and you know, you have a a, a point of view. But the truth is, we all, all of us, hold on to a lot of stuff. We definitely should yeah. not be. Yeah. A lot. I mean, all of us. All of us hold on to a ton of crap from our past. We should have let go of a decade ago. Yeah. And we're still walking around with it. It's certainly true for me. I mean, you wouldn't believe the stuff I'm working on now and how long I've been carrying that stuff around. Uh, uh but the the trick is not making the decision to let it go. That's an easy thing. I could say, this is dumb. I need to not carry this around anymore. Yeah. I could say that. That's easy. And I could say, Lord, take this from me. But, you know, I think of a different angle on that same thing, and I pick it right back up. Yeah. And I'm right back in there. Yeah. And I'm mad about it, and I'm, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm rehearsing the anger, and I'm imagining scenarios and things. Yep. and devastating comebacks to this whatever the thing is and you know if i ever see that person again i'm just gonna tell them and i'm playing all this out in the theater of my mind and all you know a swelling orchestral score <laughs> yeah, rises exactly, up underneath you, know, you there's michael bay and then there's giant robots for some reason it's a whole thing yeah. okay um but uh you know in, in reality uh uh I, what i have to recognize is I there's and I I wrote a blog post about this recently and you can check it out but uh there's something so delicious about a good mope yeah there is sure. you know when you get a real good mope going yeah and you're really feeling sorry for yourself mm. oh that's just delicious that's the good it's, stuff it's a good stuff <laughs> because it's like there's something great about being the big victim sure. of the thing totally. the, the tragic yeah, figure absolutely. if you're just a person that got dumped because you're kind of acting like a schmuck that's uh <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not very to use a theological term yeah there's not a lot of you know what i mean there's a yeah. lot of uh, nobody cares about that if i am going through <laughs> the epic struggle of emotional turmoil that uh, will define a generation of people to just think of how did this person get over it because yeah. of the the love that was meant to be as you were describing earlier you know i i thought this was going to i was going to marry this person or whatever that if if it's this big blown out tragic thing there i'm creating a lot of drama and whatever uh then what that means is i have an excuse as to why i don't why I'm not over it? Why I'm not yeah. moving on? So moving on then in, in, in involves 
uh, no more excuses. Yeah. And it involves uh, uh, no more attention. Yeah. Uh, and it involves me just getting on. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but that's a bummer. Yeah. I don't like this. It's a bummer, man. It's a bummer. You, I'm moving on uh, with no attention and sympathy. Uh, and I got to find another person on eHarmony or whatever. That's uh, th- th- yeah. compared to wallowing. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to choose wallowing every time. That's that's yeah. the good <laughs> stuff. So I think we have to be honest with ourselves about that and, and recognize we do have grief work we need to do. We do have to uh, uh, things we need to do to progress past the decision to give things up. But first comes that decision, and that's letting go. There's not a technique to that. There aren't steps on the way to that. You do it. You make it a decision. You step forward on that. You may backslide in that. You may pick it back up a, a hundred times. You have to drop it a hundred more times. That's fine. Uh, there are techniques, uh, as Jez pointing out, to staying off of that. That's stay away from your triggers. Don't go to the place where we always went on that other thing, you know. Bring new things into your life. That's the whole thing. Is It's all got to be new. New is, the, that's where we're landing. Uh, Paul says. You're saying turning your dorm room into a, basically a museum <laughs> yes. of this one relationship would yes. be a bad thing. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a, a bad thing, yes. <laughs> you know, we're, 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 Paul says, this is what I do. I forget all this junk in my past and I'll move forward. Yeah. New yeah. relationships, new a, a new guy, a new place, new things, new interactions, and yes, sometimes new heartbreak. All, yeah. all that's part of life. We're moving on. That's a lot of fantastic stuff on those questions. All right, if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. Don't forget, you can always sign up for Bridgebox, missionusa.com slash bridgebox, only $8 a month to support some awesome ministry and get a lot of cool stuff for yourself. We're going to take out with the Bridgebox song this week. This is from November, the Bridgebox that just came out last week. This is our friends down there in Tennessee, East End Circus, doing a worship ooh, song ooh. that uh, pertains to a lot of stuff we were talking about here today called He Giveth More Grace. Great tune. Hope you enjoy it. Take out that. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast. Join the Freedom in Christ, Bacon Resistance, and resist the jackbooted thugs of big health. Yeah.
Yeah.